0: We have been working our way through one of John's letters. And so if you have a Bible, I would head to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. Uh, this letter <clears throat> is a really excellent summary and application of John's gospel. They have very similar names, so don't go to the wrong one. We're going to 1 John. Um, (laughs) The letter heavily refers back to the stories and themes from John's account of Jesus' life. And uh, overall, as we've been going through this, we have been seeing a few things repeated over and over again about who Jesus is is and how our focus should be on love. And our passage today is right in the middle of like a love sandwich in 1 John because the word love pops up 10 times in the chapter right before it and then it shows up 25 times in the rest of the chapter right after what we're reading. So it is a love sandwich, as I called it. Uh, but today we are focusing in on John chapter four, one through six, about testing spirits. Um, and, I, and I wanted to start, because we're, we're gonna read it, but I wanted to start with two verses that precede it in chapter three, because context, very important. Um, so I'm actually gonna start reading here in chapter three, verse 23. It says this, this is his commandment that we believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as He commanded us. The one who keeps His commandments remains in Him, and He in Him. We know by this that He remains in us, by the Spirit whom He has given us. Beloved, do not believe every spirit but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this, you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming, and now it is already in the world. You are from God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. They are from the world. Therefore, they speak as from the world and the world listens to them. We are from God. The one who knows God listens to us. The one who is not from God does not listen to us. By this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error okay so we're going to start off slow here and then pick up very quickly uh, but with verse one it says beloved do not believe every spirit okay and so i know like when we come to church we hear about the spirit of god hopefully a lot in church but there are other spirits and they're communicating with us somehow? Oh, boy. <laughs> but uh, first, let's talk, let's talk about the Spirit of God. Let's get centered in that. Uh, the Gospel of John has introduced in a big way the outpouring of God's Spirit. We see it in some of the other Gospels, but John's Gospel has like a heavy, heavy focus on it. Um, in, the, in the Last Supper, in the, the later chapters of John, Jesus is comforting his disciples with the fact that someone greater than him is going to come, and that person is God's spirit. Uh, John 16 says, I have many more, this is Jesus talking. uh, He says, I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them at the present time. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. And so, there's this expectation that God's Spirit will come to guide them after Jesus has gone, which is a great comfort. But how do you know that it's God's Spirit that's doing the leading and not something else? Uh, That's what John is addressing. John is writing to these newly formed Jesus communities to warn them to test the people who come to them claiming to speak for God. You have to be discerning, he says. Uh, There were lying spirits and false prophets in the Old Testament, people who whispered into Israel's kings claiming to speak for God when they were not. And now, here in the New Testament, we have dozens of these communities popping up, communities that have been captivated by the story of Jesus and who recognize their brokenness and want the life that God offers, and they're expecting to be guided by God's Spirit together. And then there are those who would love to come in and take advantage of these people for their own gain, for their own benefit, to gather their own followers. It's something that's talked about a few times in the New Testament. Jesus warns his followers in Matthew 7 Uh, 7.15 says, Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. And then Paul, uh, he's speaking to the church uh, in Ephesus in Acts chapter 20. He says, I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock and from among your own selves men will arise, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them." And then so now, too, we have in this letter that John is writing, he is warning these first Christian communities of the danger of these people who will claim to speak for God. And he's saying, their words and their lives should be put to the test. And so, in this letter, in our passage, it says, test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Um, And I realize I've been talking about people coming in and John is talking about spirits. Um, And that's because I'm trying to keep it fairly simple in in the sense that across the biblical story, um, we get this picture that human beings are not the enemy, but humans do get deceived into destructive ways of living by the gods of this world, by spirits, by the devil, by the antichrist, or by the powers. It goes by so many different names in the Bible. Uh, and it's, it's just this destructive influence. We, we uh, see Paul write to the church in Ephesus. He, he says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood human beings, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. And, and this destructive, wicked force influences human beings. And so we hear from this force, or these spirits, through the voices and actions of, of people. And so we must test what they say and what they do and the test is simple. It's very simple, what John lays out. Um, and he s- begins to set this up in chapter three, um, which we talked about, and uh, how we have to have the spirit of God in us. And when we believe in the name of Jesus, and when we love one another, that is a showing that it is true. And it's that, it's that simple. There are those that are filled with the Spirit of God, and you will know them when you see them because they love everybody and they confess Jesus as Lord. And that love that they're known by, like, isn't that how we want to be known? To have that reputation is to bear the name of Jesus well. For Jesus is the one who, in love, laid down his life for us. And there are those who have put their trust in God's love, and therefore they love everybody. And then there are those who don't. And in, in his letter, John begins to paint a fairly negative picture of those who don't, of, of the world, of this this culture that is trying to drag people into destruction. In various places, he, he says things like, do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, it is from the world. Do not be surprised, brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we are of God and that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And all this to say, beware of the world. Watch out. Be discerning. The world is described as an enemy of God. And even in his gospel, John's whole narrative is just presenting this tragedy that People do not see Jesus for who he is. He sums it up in the prologue of the gospel in chapter 1. He's talking about Jesus, and he says, He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not accept him. In all of it, it's, it's God's compassion and mercy and love that is driving his mission for the world that he created as he comes into it. In various places in uh, John's Gospel, Jesus says things like, I have come as light into the world so that no one who believes in me will remain in darkness. And if anyone hears my teachings and does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. And then you may know it's coming, but the classic John 3, 16, and then verse 17 also. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but so that the world might be saved through him. And our relationship with the world is complicated <laughs> uh, because we are in it, we are of it, we are influenced by it. And I think to think otherwise is dangerously naive. Uh, but even but even so, the new, all the New Testament authors say, hey, you, you may... Be of the world? They don't even like say that. They, don't, they really don't say you're of the world. They say you're actually not of the world. You're in Jesus. You're different. You're transformed. You're changed by him, transformed by the life that he offers, transformed by his love to freely love others without fear. If God is for us, who can be against us? Um, Have any of you ever played a game called Two Truths and a Lie? Yes, some of you? Yes. Uh, It's a very simple game. Uh, It's kind of like a party game uh, where everyone thinks of three statements about themselves and two of them must be true, one of them is a lie, and then you share them, and then the group votes on which one was the lie. Um, My... I work with a youth group, and so I've played this game quite a few times. My go-to lie, which we're lying in youth group, oh goodness, um, but <laughs> and it also means I'm gonna tell you what it is, and it means I can't use it anymore, so I'll have to get creative now. Um, uh, my go-to lie was about when I broke my arm. Uh, because many of them know that I have broken my arm at some point when I was younger because I have like, this really wonky thumb that won't straighten out, um, and I, I like, can't give good high fives because of it. It's weird, yeah. You can try me later, like, yeah, I just can't do it. Um, <laughs> um, and, uh, but they don't remember when I broke my arm. And so the trick is to say something like, I broke my arm when I was in fifth grade, when I really broke my arm when I was in the second grade. Uh, You want to take the truth and then just like twist it a little bit so that it's like 95% true, and that's how you get people to believe your lie. You're welcome. The youth are in here. (laughs) Don't use this information. This is to warn you. Uh, Because good liars are tricky, and the devil is a good liar. And uh, um, to go back all the way to the beginning of the story of the Bible and the very beginning, he, he took something that, that I think is good, this, the, the knowledge of good and evil. It's, I, I think it's a, a godly thing, a good goal for humankind. And the, the devil takes it and he hangs it in front of Eve and he says, you know, Should, shouldn't you have this? I think it might be really good for you to have this. I think God might want you to have this. You'll be like him. After all, if you, if you take of it, didn't, didn't he make you in his image? And, and so, it's like one of those things where it's like 95% truth, 5% deception, it's just twisting things a little bit. Um, and I, th- I think that m- most of the time, when we're encountering lies that we really struggle with, it's because there is a good goal, a good end that is set in front of us. Uh, but. The way that we're deceived into getting there is usually like something like a shortcut, a different way of, of doing it than God would want us to do it. It's like means-to-an-end kind of conversation. Um, and and you know we have this picture of um, the temptation uh, pattern is all throughout the Old Testament and, and New Testament, but w- when it comes upon Jesus and he goes out into the wilderness and he is also tempted by the devil, Um, the devil is like hey do you want to be king of the world do you want to do you want to do it right now you don't have to go through any of this other stuff just bow down to me you can you can have it but instead Jesus listened to the father and headed to the cross for his upside down enthronement we talk about Jesus as king of the world I think of other goals that we might have, like security or safety or wealth or intimacy, and they're often very good things that God has designed in this world for our flourishing, but when we take shortcuts to get them, we're playing right into the devil's hands, uh, leading us to um, a a lust for a goal uh, over a love for a people. And so you get things like to strive for safety, but through violence, or wealth, but through greed, or intimacy, but through exploitation. And there are so many people out there that are ready to to capitalize on our fears and insecurities. Deceivers will come along holding up that godly goal, but saying, take it this way, you deserve this, God would want this for you. And and so I I want to to elevate the warning that John has for us in, in this passage to discern truth, test the spirits, and make sure that the voices that we allow inside are voices that are centered on Jesus and on love. It's going to come back down to that all the time. But. In in this discerning and in this testing, if we if we build walls that are too high, uh, we we might get to the point where we're uh, covering a lamp with a basket, so that the lamp, lamp does not shine. Um, I have uh, I have a friend who was a part of uh, another church for a long time when he was younger, and there were a lot of homeschooled families in this church, but uh, he wasn't homeschooled. Uh, and even though they were a part of the same church, the homeschooled families didn't let their kids hang out with them. Uh, and then years later, looking back, he said, I really wish that hadn't happened because I, I didn't have any church friends when I wanted them, and I ended up getting caught up in the wrong crowds. That's tough. Um, I, I, I feel for parents trying to navigate how to handle all of that, Raising their kids, you know, what what friends, what movies, what internet access, what social media, what conversations, how much freedom, how many boundaries. I can't even imagine how overwhelming and and difficult it is to to do that. Um, I I had um, another friend who I met at El Camino, community college, um, whose parents had sent him to a boarding school when he was younger. and he ended up getting really severely abused there, and his parents didn't believe him. And then, years later, there were like, literally, like documentaries made about the widespread abuse that happened at this facility, and, and there comes a point where I'm trying to help him, and I, I point him to Christian resources, because it's like, wow, this is all, this is all I know. Like, this, this can help you. And he's like, oh man, like, I can't go to a program like that because it was Christians who abused me in the first place that's tough some some people claim the name of Jesus claim to be speaking for God claim to be speaking for Jesus but don't act anything like him and so in all of this, it's not just about confessing the name, it's about confessing the true, real Jesus, the 100% Jesus, not the 95% Jesus, not some twist on the story of Jesus, like a, a warrior Jesus, or an influencer Jesus, or the American dream Jesus, or the power play Jesus, but, but the creator of the universe, who allows himself to be taken and killed by his creation. And that's the only Jesus of the Bible, and he loves this world. We know, love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers and sisters. And so how, how do we know that the person that we're listening to is speaking the truth? They've got to embody the real Jesus let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and truth. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And as, as we discern, and as we test, and as we live out the love of Jesus, Let's open our lives and our homes and our church campus to the world. Let's love the world. Let's have meals and pray and pass out candy from decked out cars. Let's open up to the world and enter into it and love it like Jesus did. Amen.